Hey everyone, my name is Davis and welcome to the fifth episode of the Airballers podcast. The Blazers-Grizzlies matchup has finally come to a close and though it was a very devastating loss for the Grizzlies, I feel like we did very good. In general, we did a lot of the things that I talked about in previous episodes very well, but there was just some individual performances that were lacking and had a lot to be desired. But overall, I felt like we did very good. It was a very good team effort, but just a lot of the small things caught up with us into that fourth quarter and into overtime. So to recap last episode, I talked about three things, and the first thing that I would like to talk about and discuss regarding this Blazers game is ball movement. Overall, I felt like we did really good when it came to our awareness with the ball, awareness of where it was, being sure we were quick on our feet, being suffocating on the defense, making sure that the ball movement did not get the best of us, and overall, we did very good compensating Portland's great ball movement. On our side, I felt like we did really good with ball movement as well. We made a lot of the right plays, we uh, didn't turn over the ball as much as we usually do as we only turned over the ball 13 times while Portland turned over the ball 16 times. The really frustrating thing with those turnovers though is that a lot of them did come from Dylan Brooks as lately and most of the season he loves to take a lot of contested mid-rangers and often that leads to turnovers or missed shots. Ball movement is a team effort, so in order to raise the floor and the ceiling of this Grizzlies team, Dylan Brooks is going to have to learn how to be unselfish with the basketball and learn how to be a better passer and have more awareness of who to dish it out to instead of making unnecessary turnovers and unnecessary contested missed shots. To critique our reaction of Portland's ball movement, I felt like over time, from the first half to the second half, we definitely had a regression. We definitely had some sloppiness in terms of letting people open or not being aware of where the ball could go and allowing for some uncontested three-pointers and just uncontested shots in general. Especially in that fourth quarter and in overtime, Damian Lillard, for example, would drive to the basket and when we would plug up the paint, he would dish it out to Carmelo Anthony. I remember him doing that several times and more than half the time, Carmelo Anthony shot a three and was able to make it and that definitely increased their lead by a lot and then that in the end got the best of us closing out that game. While I am on the subject of drives, that's another thing I talked about last episode, but our performance defending the paint and defending drives I felt like was very polarizing going throughout this game. This first half of the game was very frustrating for a variety of reasons, many of which I'll get to closer to the end of the episode, but one of the mainly frustrating things in this first half was drives. Like I said last episode and in previous episodes, when we are defending the perimeter and defending it well, we need to make sure that we are still able to defend the paint when possible and able to plug up those driving lanes. Because we were so perimeter focused, we left those lanes open and in that first half, Damian and the Blazers were able to have our way when it came to drives and often they were uncontested. Going into that second half though, we were able to learn from our mistakes and there was a lot less drives occurring because we were able to plug up the paint. But like I said with the ball movement segment, because we were plugging up the paint, that often left the ball movement able to get to open shooters because we weren't on the perimeter as much. So that's how this game is so polarizing is because we do one thing bad the first half and we do it really good the second half and vice versa. So with drives and ball movement, we need to be very good about defending the paint but also defending the perimeter and making sure that we are very aware of the ball movement from the opponent. So after all of that, finally last episode, I talked about spacing. I was very impressed with the Grizzlies. We were able to not create a lot of space, especially on those one-on-one ISO situations, which Damian Lillard and the Blazers love to do so much. But we were being very suffocating on the defense, being very diligent, often from the half court or the inbound play, we were able to not allow a lot of space. But I feel like the Grizzlies kryptonite, especially this season, is being able to quickly and effectively move around really good screens. Clearly though, we did really good on spacing because we were able to reduce this really good 
three-point team to only 30 shot attempts. But like I said, being able to move around those screens that allowed some really good open shots, uncontested looks from the Blazers because we weren't able to move around those screens. And so though they only shot 30 times that night, they were able to make 13 of them because when they shot them, they made them count. So being able to move around and work around really good screens is something that the Grizzlies are going to have to do a lot better going into these next seven seeding games, potential play in tournaments and potential playoff aspirations. So going to these games, we're going to have to make sure that we're not allowing space with these ball handlers being able to move around screens or being able to switch effectively. That's going to take us very far. So diving into what we should do for the Spurs game, I think the first thing that the Grizzlies need to consider is fouls and fouling. Drawing fouls was one of the best things that the Grizzlies did in this Blazers game, where in the first half alone, we attempted 30 free throws, totaling 50 for the game. With a Spurs team that is coached by Greg Popovich, they're going to be very defensive oriented. We need to be taking advantage of that as when they swarm the paint, we can take advantage of all the bodies around us and being able to pick up some easy fouls. If we are going to be picking up these fouls, though, we need to be making sure that we are making the free throws as with the Blazers game, we missed 12 of the 50 free throws, 76% of them. If we were to make 12 extra points, we could have very well won the game as we only lost by five. So we need to be making sure that we are taking advantage of these free throws and making the shots when they count. We definitely need to be aware though on how many and how often we are taking these free throws as during the first half of that Blazers game, we weren't able to get into an offensive rhythm as we were constantly getting the whistle from the refs and constantly going to the free throw line. So we were definitely not able to create any momentum and that definitely was a disadvantage when we lost the game. On the other hand of this whole discussion, we need to be making sure that we aren't getting fouls ourselves. In the Blazers game, we did really good, especially in that first half with not getting a lot of fouls, but that caught up with us into the second half where a lot of our players like Kyle, like Jonas, ended up with five fouls. As Jaron, for example, has a big history of fouling out of games, even though that wasn't necessarily the case at the Blazers game, we need to be making sure that all our best players are in the game as much as possible in order to not get the win taken away from us. The next thing I want to talk about when it comes to the Spurs game on Sunday is perimeter and the three-point line. Greg Popovich is known for saying that he does not like three-point shot. He's even known to despise the three-point shot. And as a result, we kind of can tell, especially watching these three Spurs games from earlier in December and November, that they were not great when it came to guarding the perimeter. Like the Grizzlies, they often dared players to take shots and often we could make them. One of the fantastic things I thought the Grizzlies did with this Blazers game is feeding Jaron the three ball where he shot 15 threes and made six of them. Though 6 of 15 is a very average percentage for three-pointers in the league, Jaron needs to be shooting the three more often because he can make them and he is so good at them. So it is great to see that the Grizzlies are feeding him the three ball. And for this case, this Spurs game, we could take this to our advantage as the Spurs aren't great with guarding the perimeter. Other than Jaron's threes, another great thing that the Grizzlies do is paint scoring as the Grizzlies are the best paint scoring team in the league. So we definitely need to be taking that to our advantage and definitely test this Spurs defense. As with this Blazers team with Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins and Hassan Whiteside, we definitely did not do nearly as good as we should in the paint during that Blazers game, but with the loss of LaMarcus Aldridge and the Spurs lack of another great big, we can definitely take advantage of that and redeem ourselves. This Spurs team is also one of the league's lowest three-point attempt teams as they are 28th in the league. So we can capitalize off one of the polarizing factors in that Blazers game where when we were trying to defend the paint, 
paint we left the perimeter open and vice versa so since they're not going to be on the perimeter as much we can definitely be paint oriented and paint focused this game this definitely does not give us a pass though as one of the grizzlies biggest flaws in the past has been allowing or daring shooters to shoot the ball and often making uncontested shots so with players like Bryn Forbes or like Patty Mills who are around 38% three-point shooters we cannot leave those guys or really anyone open at the three-point line even though they aren't likely going to take those shots and the next big thing that I want to talk about is pacing I felt like when it came to this Blazers game that pacing was a factor in an issue occasionally throughout the game. Instead of like running out the shot clock or making sure that we had a good look, players like Dylan would just shoot contested shots constantly and that could have costed us the game. With a Grizzlies team that is branded for being very unselfish and playing unselfish basketball, we need to make that remain so as during the game we need to make sure that we are assisting, helping each other out, making sure that we pass each other the ball when we're in our bad situations and we cannot be shooting uncontested or bad looks especially if there's plenty of time on that shot clock and when it comes to playing at that shot clock and making sure that we have good looks on all of our shots the Spurs team are a very low paced team where they're about 15th while the Grizzlies are 7th so though I am recommending to make sure that we're not necessarily doing the full duration of the shot clock but making sure that we use our time wisely we should not allow the Spurs to put the Grizzlies at their pace we need to make sure that throughout the game, the game is constantly up to the Grizzlies and never in the hands of the Spurs. Like I said last episode, the Grizzlies are a fantastic transition offense team, so we definitely need to be using our strengths to our advantage, but only when the opportunity allows itself. Too many times this season, the Grizzlies have gained a possession, whether that was from a turnover, a steal, or a missed shot from the opponent, and in transition, they take out of rhythm threes, or they take bad shots with defenders in their face, and turn over the ball, losing that possession, and missing a great opportunity. As I said earlier in this podcast, I had some frustrations with this game that made it a lot less enjoyable. I felt like the referees blew a lot of calls as they loved to blow their whistle on unnecessary calls but not on calls that definitely happened. As Brevin Knight likes to say, it seems like referees don't like Jaron Jackson Jr. and this Grizzlies team as they don't give us the calls that we very much deserve and give us unnecessary fouls and the other team unnecessary free throws. Because of the lack of fans at these games, it feels like the referees do not have any accountability when it comes to bad or uncalled calls. Another thing that was very frustrating about this game is simply Jaw's performance in the first half. Jaw said it himself that that game, that loss was on him as he should have played better in the first half. It's one of those things that happens. He was able to redeem himself as he finished the game with 22 points, obviously most of those being in the second half. But we want a strong start. We want a strong performance from our rookie of the year from the get-go. And if that would have happened in this game, who knows what the outcome could have been. So yeah, those are my thoughts of the Blazers game going into the Spurs game. To recap, ball of movement, drives, and spacing. We definitely did a lot better in this Blazers game and just need to continue to do so into the Spurs game. And going into this game, we need to consider fouling and fouls, the three-point shot and perimeter, and pacing ourselves in our shots. This was a very emotional game for Grizzlies fans, I'm sure, as there was a lot of ups and downs, just a lot of heartbreak in the end, a very devastating loss. We are very much missing Tyus Jones in this game, but we just need to pull forward, use that energy, and hope to do better in the next game. So I want to thank you guys so much for listening to the Airballers podcast. My name is Davis. If y'all want to leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or simply listen on Spotify, tell all your friends and NBA fans you know about the podcast, and y'all have a good one.